Hey, welcome everybody to the Breaking Bread Village. Um, we are really excited to have this conversation today. Um, we just wanted to kind of get together with some leaders in our community to talk about what's going on right now and just share some observations, um, some plans, and just kind of be a little bit more purposeful in our conversation. So I'm going to bring them in. Um, we have uh, Brother Yusuf with us. Hey, Brother Yusuf, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Let me bring in. Hello, Sister Mawusi and Brother Montu. How are you guys? Peace, family. How y'all doing? Awesome. Awesome. And then Sister Io. How are you? Peace, family. I'm doing well. Awesome. Well, we just go kind of get right to this because I really, again, like I told you guys earlier, when we were talking amongst ourselves that I really, um, you know, appreciate each one of you all's platforms and I just thought that it would be nice for us to kind of have a conversation and I know we were going to kind of have to do this a little bit later in the month but I thought that as I know some of you all agreed that it was time to have the conversation now um, because there is happening right now so I think that this is good to just talk right now so um, I just want you guys to kind of introduce yourselves and just kind of tell a little bit about what you do in the community if you don't mind um, brother Yusuf if you want to go first Sure, I have no problem. Can you hear me clearly? Yes. All right. What up, though? I'm Bunchy Shakur. I'm a native Detroiter. Uh, the work that I do in the, um, in the community, I am an organizer through the or organization called Community Movement Builders. We're a national organization. We have chapters in um, Atlanta, San Diego, New Orleans, Dallas, and obviously in Detroit. Uh, we use place-based organizing as a, as a methodology and a, and a strategy where um, we we take uh, properties, um, so for example, in Detroit, we took an abandoned house and we transformed it into a communities, community space as a way to um, build power, utilizing uh, liberated zones in terms of you know, controlling our own interests within our community, building self-determination locally to establish it um, nationally for, uh, as, as a people. Awesome, awesome, and, and much more, but that's just that in a, in a nutshell, much more. Um, Let's see. All right, Sister Mawusi and Brother Montu, tell us a little bit about what you guys do in the community. We are community builders. We have been working in our community since 1990. And since 1990, and we have been um, in various organizations along the along the 30 years. Yeah. We have. Um, we work with women in supporting uh, them presently. I'm working with women in supporting them and eliminating the infant and maternal mortality issue with the mothership. We also, however, have an arm of our journey. With right. We work with families uh, in our community with the, as the Body Temple Institute through education and, you know, consultation. Um, in addition to that, the Back to Life Healing Foods, in which we support people in developing a healthy diet uh, throughout this coronavirus that came right in alignment with the biological warfare that we are dealing with in our communities. So we began to work with everyone on changing their dietary habits so that uh, they will not be uh, in, in threat. So that biological warfare issue won't be a threat to them. Yes, and that's in Cincinnati, Ohio. So if you're in Cincinnati, Ohio, make sure you check them out um, and uh, support them. Thank you so much. And then Sister Io, hey, tell me a little. 
Peace, peace. Tell us a little bit about what you do in your community. Yes, my name is Ayolanda. I am from Minneapolis, Minnesota, the heart of many of the um, civilian assassinations that have happened at the hands of our police department. Um, I wear many crowns. People say they have a lot of hats. I wear many crowns. I, um, I am a doula. I am uh, the founder of Black Family Blueprint, along with my husband, which is all around Black family liberation through education, parent education. We do um, work on professional levels with white folks who work in Black communities. And we also do our work internally with Black families as well. Um, my day-to-day -day is uh, in gun violence prevention, interestingly, uh, with <laughs> what we have going on. That's a whole nother... Uh, a whole nother thing with the gun violence prevention um, that we're that we're talking about. But um, yeah, I, I would also consider myself to be a community builder, um, yes. a, a life giver in the community. Awesome. Well, again, I thank you guys all for being here and I just truly appreciate it. So let's go ahead and get to the conversation. We are seeing so much right now. As you mentioned earlier, um, Sister Mawusi, with the COVID-19 that kind of came and um, it kind of ruffled people's feathers a little bit, caused, like you said, anxiety and some just some apprehensions and fear and um, all kind of things. So now we have this whole um, epidemic that's going on as well in our communities. And I just want to just get you guys kind of just kind of talk to you guys about what you're seeing, what you think, some of your observations in regards to it. Um, Sister Ayo, I know you you live right there in the heart of what's going on, um, kind of like the core of what what prompted um, such civil they call civil unrest right now. Um, how are you feeling with this? I mean, you guys, I mean, I know you you spoke on your streets being infiltrated and kind of people walking up and down the streets. Tell me a little bit about that. One thing that people have to understand um, is that, you know, we are in the midst of a pandemic. People say we're in the midst of two pandemics. We're fighting racism and we're all white racism and white supremacy, the structural institutional racism that we have to deal with on a day to day basis. And then you throw this worldwide global health crisis on top of that. In Minnesota, we are stuck in the house in the wintertime. Black folks really don't come out. And mm -hmm. so to transition from winter to pandemic, has been very difficult and you have all these compounding things on top of it so we are in very much so um civilly unrested right but then we have had anarchists come into our community um on the backs of our vulnerability in terms of how we are literally mourning our children are mourning the loss of their their kinship and their closeness that they had with their, you know, school partners um, in school. And we have a senior that could not attend graduation or prom or any of these things. So we have a lot of things that we're already mourning. And then we throw this other police assassination on top of that. And so it's put us, um, it's put us in a position where we have nothing else left. <laughs> but exactly. Fight, right? We're right. And, and so what has happened in my community is that in the midst of our fighting, we've had anarchists come and then we've also had white nationalists come behind that. So a lot of the civil unrest that we see is not black folks. You mean, really you, folks. you mean what we see in the media, what they're putting out in the media? With the buildings burning, um, you've seen us looting. We're doing that. I can mm -hmm. just I can say that that has happened. We are not initiating 
these things. And so the community has been on patrol. The community has been on armed patrol for the last few nights throughout the community. 911 has been shut down. I mean, it's just been all different kinds of, of crazy stuff. And we have to think, we have to forward think. People, right. are bringing, people are bringing bottles of water. It's like, we don't need water, y'all. That's not what we really need in this moment, but it's put black folks in a position to do the things that we always said we were gonna do in terms of being prepared. This situation in my community has very clearly showed us that we are in the midst of a civil war that's been underground for a long time. Yeah. But the attack on the black body is very clear and very real. And so we just have to be forward thinking about what do we do now? How do we mm -hmm. truly rebuild a community, a global black community Collectively. that we care for? Yeah, that. Uh oh, we lost her. Okay. okay yeah. There you go. There you go. No, collectively, and that's and that's what that's where my mind is at. Is that how can we collectively build? Um, Sister Mawusi and Brother Matu, you guys, I know you guys are in Cincinnati. There was a lot of rioting there and protesting there. Um, what have you seen? Well, today I just I went to the store today and um, I go to the grocery store and they say they're closing at seven thirty because we're still under curfew and they mm -hmm. extended it this week. Um, so I don't even know if I got a chance to tell you that yet. But um, you know that it, it, it's like everybody's back on their heels after this whole COVID nineteen thing. You mm -hmm. know, um, one of the good things that I can say is coming out during this whole part of the crisis is that all the young men that were killing each other seem to stop for now. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. What's your option? We're sitting here looking at 2019, 18, 17, 20, all the way. We're looking at maternal mortality. We're looking at infant mortality. That was such a stark reality for us that our children are dying, our women are dying from health issues. Then we have to take a look now entering 2020, knowing that we were already stressed and strained COVID-19. Then they say it's black, it, the black people are spreading it because the black people have the worst health. So they are the ones who are the most affected by it. At first, if you're black, you can't catch it. At first, if you live in a warm climate, you can't catch it. But now it's black people are spreading it. They have it the most. They have and, a greater and, number. And they were, are targeting these protests as a means of spreading the virus. So mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's like a multi-pronged attack from every angle. And, then, and so then we hear police brutality on top of that. So it's like we have, we already got four strikes. It's so many strikes that we're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? Right. Top of that, we got the riots in which they are planting bricks in the community into the uh, riot zone so that people can throw the bricks. Even my son and daughter were out in the riot in the um pro amongst the protesters marching, and they saw people begin to throw the water bottles. Mm -hmm. That you see, we don't need any more water bottles. They were beginning to throw the water bottles as weapons. So okay. deep, you know, we're we're really looking at a very deep time this is yeah. oh this is this is definitely yeah we've been about it for years we actually oh, have yeah. been, if we were smart and in as african nationalists self-preservation is our is the key we, should, we were preparing for this because right. every day you go to the well one day the bottom gonna drop out you know yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brother Yusuf, um, you're in Detroit. So you def I mean, Detroit in itself is, has had so many um things going on with it before this before the COVID happened, you know, with the water shut off and you know, just um other things to see for me, like when the whole epidemic came or pandemic, they call it. Um, when that started, you know, people were losing jobs. So now you have people out of work. You have people, you know, that may not be able to get to certain stores to get certain things. So you add that on top of it. You know, water shut off. They not they they put out in the media that they turned all the water back on, but then you find out the water is still shut off. Now you have protests and riots and this going on there. What have you seen? Because I know you've been out in it too. Uh. And what we what we've seen is this continued repression, uh, the oppression of our people just continue to be amplified. Um, the, the the murders, the assassinations, has really just uh, electrified what what we've seen across the country. And and you know how how do we handle it in terms of um, tying it tying it all all together? I think it's a cluster a cluster of a situation that many of us in many cities are already faced in in, in terms of trying to trying to navigate through different ideologies. Uh, different practices in terms of uh, from a, from a grassroots standpoint versus a, a nonprofit position, how corporations um, influences policies practices w- within our community, and we, and we're seeing that coming to a head. Particularly in Detroit, there there's a uh, you know, been an influx of individuals. Uh, knows Detroit is surrounded by white white cities, and so um, a lot of the young white people have felt the need to come into Detroit and protest. We haven't. Um, there, there hasn't been no burnings of buildings or anything of that nature, but that's been interesting because a lot of all the protests have taken place downtown. So you have people who, prior to this, so Detroit is uh, we've been impacted by gentrification like many others, many other black cities, and so like our downtown is owned by white wealthy uh, individuals, and it's interesting to see people, even if folks, you know, I ain't saying they should burn it down, but even if folks decide to start burning shit down downtown you know you saying black people like don't burn up downtown and like as if like we own those buildings those buildings are owned by white men and and white women who are continuing to displace ourselves so 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 you see that internal conflict you know like we're saying we're hurting but then we don't want we don't want mass to hurt either No, I, you know, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I want to ask you guys about that. You know, I know people are saying we're in a civil war, that um, this is a race war. Um, what do you guys see spiritually happening? Because, you know, sometimes I try to look a little bit deeper on what's really going on. You know what I mean? Because everything doesn't just coincidentally happen, in my opinion. I think that things are kind of happening um for a certain reason, um, you know, and, you know, we've all heard about the whole piece out of chaos and all this, you know, rhetoric that has we've talked about for years. What what else do you guys see besides the racial aspect of it? What do you guys see spiritually that's going on right now? I think that we are in a time, we're in a shift. <clears throat> we're in a very serious shift. And that shift is one that, um, is, a, is literally, uh, if you notice, our young people are, a lot of people are saying this is a young people's, uh, right, uh, you know, protest. Right, 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 right. right. And it's a young people's, and they're doing this with very, uh, on their own recognizance, so to speak, mm-hmm. on their own, of their own choice and mm-hmm. of their own guidance. Right. And, uh, one one uh, brother said there is no leadership, and I say that spiritually we don't realize that there is some leadership, and that's our indwelling 
God inside of self. That saying, this is over. Guess why? Because you and I, our age group, all of us on this on this um call, I pretty much our age group has seen a lot of these injustices, and we've taken it and we have actually created inroads in order to address it, in order to solve the issues we see. And right. we were trying to solve them so that our children would not befall them, befall the same issues and the issues that we've had. Right. But children now see it. It's so blatant. Yeah. And now in the open and so clandestine. And so, uh, uh, another word I'm looking for is so uh, belligerent that with their racism, with their um, um, behavior, uh, even. Mm -hmm. We noticed that even in this era of social media, that they're talking a lot about white privilege, that the young people on their own indwelling intelligence spiritually have decided to just go forward and do something about it. Right, right. And very interesting, very interesting. I feel that um, there is a leader that, that the in their indwelling intelligence is leading them. And I think that this cycle is, ha is there's, this is a cycle of time and a shift that is uh, very interesting. So put forward your- Because it just happens to coincide with um, what they call global warming and all of these other things. And so, you know, it's like, it is like a Armageddon type of concept where all of these different factions factors in our lives, spiritually, mentally, physically, all come together and collide into our all of our realities. True. So right. it's like at the same time that this is, I, we believe, a diabolical plan This this that they feel is mapped out. At the same time, we do believe in what Marcus Garvey said, that he will return with millions in the whirlwind. So all of these things are happening simultaneously. It's not that they're not planning this because obviously they are. But at the same time, everything that we ever pray for is being answered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brother Yusuf, uh, Sister Ayo, do you have anything to add into that? What you see kind of like what's going on spiritually, um, you know, besides just the whole racial aspect of it? Yeah, I I totally agree um, with with um, with their sentiments around. We do have that leadership, and that leadership is coming from the inside. We know it is in our DNA to fight white supremacy. We know how to do this. Our ancestors have done this since we arrived forcefully on this soil. So we know what to do. Our young people have heard these stories. Uh, told of our ancestors who had to do all the things that they had to do to just get us through to this moment. Yesterday, I was on a Facebook, a young man's Facebook Live. He had a lot of people tuning in. And one of the people that tuned in, he had beef with. Now I'm talking about these young shooters on the block. So <laughs> one, of, one of his ops, right? One of the people who, who was from a rival group tuned in. And he was basically like, bro, we still got beef. But right now, we need to put that beef to the side. He was like, we'll take it up in the streets with our fists, but right now we need to arm up and we need to get out on this block and protect our community. So to hear a young gang-involved, clique-involved young person say like, yo, we got beef and we gonna handle that, but this ain't the time for that. Like, we gotta get out there and protect our community. Like that, for me, indicated a huge shift in mindset in terms of what it means to be in community with one another. And so the shift that we see is around recentering the family. The shift that we see is around restoring relationships that have been broken. 
It's around mm-hmm. building the social capital that's required for us to continue to build on a collective from an internal hyper-localized perspective and then also from a global perspective to wake up this morning and to see that uh, Lagos, Nigeria is marching through their streets for George Floyd, something that happened in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The shift is on a global level. And and what it is, is it's saying we need to allow colonialism to die. We need to allow white supremacy to die. We have to utilize what we got. We know that black folks in America have a very unique relationship to the United States. And we also know that the same colonialism and white supremacy that impacts us here has impact black and brown bodies across the globe. And so the, the the shift is true unity. The shift is standing on the front line together. The shift is putting the putting um putting the beef down, that petty right. stuff, putting that petty stuff down, and for real, like looking out for your family and looking out for your community and standing up in a way where we are protecting ourselves. There's one thing that one of my mentors and coaches talks about self-care. His name is Resma Minikim. He wrote the book My Grandmother's Hands. He says, self-care is not about feeling better, it's about living longer. And so that mm. spiritual shift for us is around living longer, not just feeling better in the moment, but living right. And that's and that's exactly I'm glad you pointed um and I brother Yusuf, I want you to speak on this too, but I'm glad that you pointed that out because as I said earlier, you know, with this going on, a lot of times we are so reactionary and so emotional in, at that moment, instead of thinking about the big picture, what, what is this telling us for a big picture collectively for us to do and to build and rebuild um, some of our communities and self? Um, Brother Yusuf, I want you to speak on this too. And then I have um, another question I want to ask you guys that you guys um, kind of touched on. But Brother Yusuf, let me know what else. Do you see anything um, spiritually that's happening within our communities um, besides just the, the racial aspect of it? I think um, because our, our our struggle has always been defined in this this political realm, it has um, defused or pushed down spirituality as like something minute, soft. Uh, but in reality, the spirituality is tough. It's strong. Um, it, it's actually political. Um, it, it is a political force. So when you think about like many of us who and, and others who who are listening, when we come into our awakening, that is that is spiritual. Along yes. with the political, and so when we, when we understand those those two, and we become more powerful, uh, particularly as we all know, African people are spiritual people by, by nature. We, we, yes. we don't want to, right? And so as as the sister just explained, the, the young brothers, right? That's a spiritual awakening. You know whether whether they recognize it or not. You know the spirit has has, has spoken to them. You know, and, and so as a political person, we'll we'll say those are the social conditions. It's the same goddamn thing. Getting into this uh, either or, it's a both end, and we need yeah. we need to be we need our political awareness to be to be grounded in our spiritual humanity. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with all of you guys. Um, I, you know, you guys spoke on you know white supremacy, uh, uh, supremacy. I'm sorry. And I want to kind of talk about and I and I talk about this often about mirrors and our 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 reflections, right? And how. And I guess really what my question is, what, how are we going to be accountable? Right. So we, you know, we talk about what people have done and we know it's real. Um, but also what is it showing us for us to do? Um, you know, cause I'm really big on words. So, you know, when, when we say that somebody is supreme over us, right. In my mind, it's kind of like, we're already saying that they are 
you know what I mean? We're inferior to them. So how are we going to kind of re, um, you know, what I want to say, kind of reform our thinking and start looking at our accountability, um, you know, as black people and what we can do to change some of these things. Because um, a lot of times, you know, we say white privilege, that's saying that they have a privilege over us. We're, we're saying that, you know, I mean, even when I think about the whole thing of, you know, I can't breathe and the t-shirts, I can't breathe. It's like you're self saying, you know, you're saying I can't breathe and you're kind of self declaring that. So I have an issue with that sometimes. And I, and I don't, I, I don't say that in a way to like kind of put down people who do that because I understand and I get the sentiments, but what I'm trying to say is how can we reform our thinking where we are, putting ourselves back into that power. Brother Montu. The, the, the first thing, and this is something that we came to years ago, and it really um, it, it was profound. We stopped saying white supremacy because just saying that is acknowledging them as supreme. We say white domination, control, brutality, any of these other things, but to give them the title supremacy it is, is, is into our subconscious, we receive that a different way. Now, I, don't right. mean, I understand what a person means when they say it. So of I'm course. not into you know, any type of debate about that. But I'm right. saying in general practice, you know, it's, a, it's better to, to actually say what it is and, and you know, and, and to actually acknowledge that, you know, they're, they're not, uh, supremacy to us is humanity. Supremacy to us is uh, making sure that everyone is provided for, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and so I can understand why they use that word in reference to sure. these things, just like we would use it in reference to ourselves and saying black or African supremacy. That just right. means you see yourself as a supreme being, you know, right. African spirituality. But, I, you know, as, as far as using that terminology, I think that's a good place to start. Uh, are not using that terminology. Right, right. I get what you're saying. Um, Brother Yusuf, you had something to say in regards to that? Yeah, I mean, I think with anything in life, that there's multiple ways to look at stuff. And I think sure. um, this, this conversation is something that we need to continue to have in-house. Um, you know, theories is to be able to define theories, and theories always will, will continue to reemerge. So I think um, when we look at the word that I... Um, the, in the book I, Isis Papers, um, I think that was one of the most profound books in in the modern time to really help us understand the terminologies and the and the pathology behind white supremacy, right? And right. To the to the brother's point, like when we say it the way we say it, it it leads confusion because of yeah. the part. And what what many of us are doing, we're talking about the pathology, but we don't know how to communicate the pathology of the behavior, which in actuality we're acknowledging the infer the inferiority of white people that that makes them behave the way they do. So it's a thing, it's a thinking disorder that that many of us are who have a deeper understanding, but because that we we drop a term and we don't break terms down to. Right. to Forms, even they meant to do, they mean they meaning to do well, but they actually do harm because, as we as we know, an ignorant person with knowledge can be a dangerous person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, 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 Cecilio. Yes, no, thank you for this, and I totally agree. The language that we use about who we are as a people, the language that we use around what's happening in our communities, is absolutely important. It is, yeah, and. 
I think that Black people have always been in a situation of identifying who we are based on who white people are. And I think that that's on an internal level, what we have to do with ourselves is continue to redefine and identify exactly who it is that we are, not in a way where it's in relation to whiteness, but just who are we in general. And I think that that is, it has been a challenging process for many of mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. as we continue to try to reconnect, redefine, figure out where do we come from, understand our family's history, where the cutoff lines are, what connections we have to the continent and, and so on and so forth. And so, no, I totally agree with that. The language that we use is extremely important um, for our people. It's yeah, the problem yeah. in, in the English language. Right, right. And when you start really breaking down words, you realize the power that you're giving others over yourself when you break yes. down the words that we say and we echo them over and over again, not really realizing yes. sometimes what we're um, doing to our own selves and what we're teaching our children and others. Um, so a lot of people are kind of, you know, we, we talk a lot about slavery and about, you know, being brought over here um, unwillingly. Um, so but my question for you guys and I guess my question is, can we still use slavery as an excuse? Like, are we still able to use that as an excuse? And this is not a pro, like, yes or no. I'm really asking a question because, you know, some people use it as a crutch to never elevate. And we we, we have to stop with that, you know. But are we still able to use slavery as a, as a um, excuse, Brother Yusuf? I think this conversation actually ties into the previous conversation. I mean, um, you know, breaking down what slavery is. I think slavery is a uh, is a byproduct of, of colonialism, but we talk about slavery because that's what's been fed to us. We never talk about colonialism. You know, so slavery as as an institution, it, it's tied into colonialism as a power dynamic that has stripped us of, of of who we are. So so it's like, you know, are we going to talk about the chicken or are we going to talk about the eggs? But also, <laughs> part, part, part of that situation. I mean, uh, you know, looking at slavery as well. Like, how many of us really want to look at when, or talk about when you when you got your ass kicked? How many when you, when you really want to talk about the most shameful moment of your history or your life? And slavery is that shameful moment for Black people in America. But no, actually, it can it can be a liberating moment. It can be it can be a moment of, of uh, redefining, of developing ourselves up, up with yeah. mobility. But you know, how do we create a space, not a safe space, but a, but a brave space? You know, to, to not just talk about the few individuals, but everything within it. Um, because we're seeing the elements right here today. You know, we're seeing sellouts. We're seeing you no know, people who are undeveloped. You know, all the all the ingredients that that produced us. And and no one, no Malcolm talked about the field Negro and the house Negro, right? When when folks in Minneapolis doing certain things, and they, and it sounds like the, it sounds like the the house Negro speaking again, right? But but also realizing like every field Negro wasn't a field Negro, every house Negro wasn't a house Negro, and and, and it's like history is that deep where you you when you think you learn something, you have to go reexamine it all over again. And That's true. And until we do it collectively, and we all won't see it the same way, but mm -hmm. at least we can create some core values that helps us understand. Like slavery was was because every 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 um nation has been enslaved. Every nation has 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 been conquered. Right, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. we, we ain't the only people that's been conquered. True. Right. right. That's true. Anybody that's else? True. I, I think that uh we have to um understand that slavery never ended. 
when experimentation happened, when police brutality happened, like I, I, because I am a, um, a women's health a, a advocate, I'm just throwing it in there. Don't forget, they even killed our babies with yes. infant mortality and, and, and maternal mortality. You know, this is touching us at our core. This is taking our infants before they're even, where they're still in the fetal stage, we've made their lives, you know, this um, these foods that they have put in our communities for us to consume, the mentality that they have embedded in our whole community, in, in our intimate relationships, yeah. the things that they've done, this is, they socially organized and conditioned us to behave in ways that were self-destructive. So slavery never ended. So can we use slavery? I think, yes, absolutely. Can, is slavery still going? Yes, absolutely. Are we still captive inside of a slave paradigm? Yes. And, and, and I do agree um, with Brother Yusuf that, you know, we do have to reevaluate these concepts in the now to, to be able to give the terminology in uh, today's terms so it can be better understood. Because sometimes, like you said, we were trying to do good, but the words ended up subconsciously doing bad. True. You know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's one of those things where now it has become so deplorable that we have a faction of our people that are totally in denial that it ever existed. True. And we never thought we'd see the day where people say the earth is flat, slavery never happened. We get over it. You know, we were always over here. And, you know, I'm like, what about all the Jim Crow and all that stuff? I mean, how how did we go from we just over here chilling to this? Right, right. You know, it's one of those things where we have to maybe change the terminology uh, collectively in-house, but at the same time, you know, a full recognition of what has transpired and the terrible impact that it's had on, uh, ooh, I I can't even say hundreds of years. I mean, because it started with the Arab slave trade even before that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I and Sister Ayo, I see your hand. I just want to kind of talk to your point. Um, you know, I always ask people, how can you say, you know how people say, get rid, you know, get over the past, get over the past. And I always ask the question, how can you get over the past when it's still present? This is still present. There, it hasn't stopped. It just have kind of shape shifted. You know what I mean? It showed itself in different ways, but it's still the same thing happening today. And Sister Ayo, um, what did you have to add to that? Yes, I just um, want to make a point to what Brother Yusuf was saying around the shame. We see how shame is metabolized. It's it's metabolized in a way that shows up in, in behavior that's not conducive to long life and healthy living. And so that is that's where we are right now. We must return to our ways of knowing and our ways of being. We have to acknowledge all of the ways in which our experience in America has metabolized in our bodies um, mm. and in our mm-hmm. lives and how it's being passed on to our babies. We, Despite what happened and who did what, as a people, we are responsible for the cleanup. As a people, we are responsible for the rebuilding. And so while we acknowledge that the enslavement period um, the different stages of enslavement that has happened to us. While we acknowledge who did that and how it happened and why it happened, we are ultimately responsible for what being whole and healthy looks like. Right, right. Give me- okay, one more thing. To yeah. This. Like, I don't know if um, some of you guys have seen the, uh, the slogan. I think, like, a lot of us said in Ferguson, where people have started making shirts 
I ain't, I ain't our ancestors or something like that, right? Then, right, we ain't our ancestors, yeah. Yeah, I mean, which is, um, you know, disrespectful. And that, again, when you don't have history, when you don't know knowledge, have the knowledge of self, you, you know, you can create create things like that when you think you're being slick or you, because there, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, are, are there are there moments like Jesse Jackson? I don't, I think he's full of shit, right? <laughs> but, yeah. you know, Al, Al Sharpton, right? We we know how to we know yeah. how to put them at, but to make that type of statement broadly like that, it undermines our history, and more importantly, it 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 kills any connection to the past. Right, right. No, I agree. We we, we have we have an elder advisor here, um, Mahmoud El Kati. He has been our advisor. He's in his eighties, mm. and his fire is still burning. And he continues to activate us ways that we need to be activated to do. That. And so this is a, a intergenerational effort. And, and there has been such. Sister Ayo, you're breaking up a little bit. Action. Okay, um, we're going to let I'm going to let her kind of re reboot sister I O your mess you're breaking up just a little bit. So I'm going to let you reboot. Um, I want to ask you guys, you know, we had the whole um, blackout today. Um, and, you know, people were blacking out their screens and stuff. Uh, what did you guys think about that? And what do you guys think some next steps are? We, um, we actually are seeking to show uh, uh, some level of solidarity. Now, I think that um, when we've done this before, and we've this is a thing for us. We we have this whole thing of we've done this before and it didn't work X Y Z. Well, the thing is, is that our intention is to show a, a a sign of solidarity and solidarity with those who are choosing to um, march as well as those who are doing what they can do uh, on every whatever whatever level they are. So sure. just. That solidarity, also respect, and not respecting ourselves. Um, though we, we're doing a lot of things, some of the things are on whatever level you're on. But the point is, is that we're still in solidarity with everyone whom it has been touched by this terrible crisis situation. Regardless, right. um. If you are a person who's a voter or a person who's grassroots or a black person who is, you know, a woman, man, with a child, we are all in solidarity together, whatever level of the fight you're on. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, I get, no, I get what you're saying because we do. I, I agree with you because we do have to find some kind of common ground and build from there, right? right. Everybody is at different levels, so I definitely agree with that. Uh, Brother Montu, were you adding something to that? Um, yeah, I definitely think that it, it can be a positive thing, but a lot of our, our people, especially our youth, have to understand that it does take more than that, though. Right. And it, it, it's, um, it's about your everyday a activities and how you carry out your life. Yeah. A lot of community building is 
is family building in a lot of cases because, you know, we understood that the, a lot of the African concepts that we came from, like Asar, Aset, and Heru, meant family first. Right. No Kimmy until there was that first. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, you know, where where we place the emphasis is a big deal. And so I, I, I think all of these things are great tools as long as that, you know, that's looked at as um, something that's in the tool belt as far as social media and all of these things. But, but you, you know, understanding that there are more parts to make this whole thing operate correctly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Brother Yusuf, did you have your hand up? I'm, I'll go real quick. I think... Um, I mean, a lot, a lot of the, the, the campaigns is coming. Some of them are very trendy. Um, mm-hmm. so really trying to figure out, because, uh, I mean, basically, the, the, like when we talk about spirituality, we're talking about energy. You know, you know, what, what, you know how, are you, how are you utilizing your, your, your energy? You know, um, I mean, the point, I, I had the book, uh, My Grandma's Hand. I haven't read it, but that was, I'm, I'm glad you interjected that in terms of, because what, 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 what we're conditioned to is, like, we, we need to die. Versus, like we 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 should be fighting to live, not fighting to die. Right, right. Now, if you die, if we die in in that process, you, you know, so be it. But let's let's right. fight to live. And fighting, fighting to live is, is managing our energy, managing what 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 do we give our times to, and also like we have to we have to be more flexible versus this absolute, you know, because you don't support such and such on this day or tomorrow. You full of shit, or you ain't down. You know, right? I don't right. even know what's going on in my life. My 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 internet might not be working. You know who knows? Right, 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 right. All, all type of things, man. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think, as the sister uh, Ayala was saying, like we don't do enough of really um, in, re- reaching out to each other. You know, right? You have this superficial way of organizing. Like, you yes. Know, and and we, and we assume that like that's real relationship, but we we and we have to stop coming to the table around like like minded people, right? Like, it's played out, and, and what I substitute that is we need to come to the table around like value people. And what I mean by that, because because we come to say about that value supersede like, like we know right. how we learned that very well. You can like somebody today because of their clothes, and when they have something on tomorrow, you ain't gonna like their ass no more. Right, we, right. Come around and the values that's substance. No yes. substance, and that's what we need in the movement and the work that we're trying to do. We need substance. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And um, Sister Io, did you have something to add to that? Um, you know, our young people believe that the revolution will be televised, and I've been seeing that across social media a lot. Like the revolution will be televised. And so we see, you know, we're seeing people all dressed up and they're like standing in front of a blazing building, you know, with the black power fist. And it's like a feel good thing. Like this just, you ain't doing nothing but spectating, but it feels good. And I think social media creates this feel good thing. Like, look at me, I'm doing something. I'm I'm doing something. And so that that's the issue with social media. So we've been working with young people to say, no, the revolution will not be televised. And what you see on TV is not your revolution. So don't get it twisted. That is not what this is. It really does start from within. It starts from within ourselves, within our homes, within our neighborhood communities, and then it branches its way out. And so we just have to continue to work in managing social media, balancing social media. There's a balance. It's okay to utilize it as a tool, but it is not, it is not the revolution in and of itself. It's not. And so 
our young people just really do need some guidance. They really do need some support. This is um, this is a part of their life story. This is a part of their yes. life story and their history. And they really do. They need some guidance, whether they think they do or not. And I think it's our responsibility to to, to bring that to bring that to them. No, I agree. And I and I and I like what you said too about you know um, utilizing it for what it's worth, right? But we also understand that everything can't be done on social media, right? We can't put everything that you do on social media. You can't talk about everything that you're doing on social media. Sometimes you have to really actually be in person with people and really build uh, collectively, right? Um, you know, and, 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 and I don't want to quench their fire, right? Put out their fire. You don't want to put that out. So a lot of people are energized right now, but we want to help get it in focus, right? And actually be productive and actually make some real change. Um, because a lot of times we do, like Brother Yusuf said, you know, it's really trendy, you know, for us to do certain things. And then the next day, everybody puts their picture back and it's back to normal, you know, and we can't keep going back to normal. I mean, I mean, and I know at times we get a little desensitized, right? Because you, I don't even remember the last time I've seen, you know, I saw a, white person killed on, on TV, right? I don't remember the last time I've seen that. You know, our murders are always put on display, right? And they, they they just show it over and over again to where you either get really mad, then you get really sad, and then you don't, it's like it becomes normalized, right? And then you just kind of like, oh, that's another person dead. We see it, we get a little angry and upset, and then we go back to, to life as usual. We have to stop that, right? We have to actually do something different this time because that's really the definition of insanity, right? Just to keep doing that same thing over and over again. And that's what I'm saying. You know, I have no problem with people utilizing resources, right? To get the word out, to bring some kind of unity, um, collectiveness, but we have to think about next steps, right? We have to start doing some next steps. And that's where I'm at. It's like, okay, you know, um, we need to, as you said, like help out and, and show them some new direction. And I think that some of you young people are looking for direction. I think they really are. I think some of them want to hear, want to do the work. They just don't know how, you know, and what to do. And the only thing, they, they're angry. So they go out there and tear stuff up. I mean, you know, and that's a whole nother conversation. You know, I don't I don't get upset with them with that because, you know, if you study trauma and you understand trauma, this makes sense that people react this way after um, being through so much um, in that regard. So that's what I want to talk about more so. And, you know, about what we're doing. Should, should everything be on social media? Should we talk about everything on social media? What's your thoughts on that? Because I, I really believe in like the old school way of doing stuff where you meet up and you build that way. You know, every little step you do being on social media, I have I don't really um, like that, um, you know, so what do you guys think about that? Absolutely not. We absolutely, we agree with you. The fact that um, the revolution will be televised is because we've gotten hooked on social media outlets. Our young people have gotten hooked on have gotten hooked on that. And in getting hooked on that, we fully um, literally people walk around all day long with their phones in their hands and scrolling has become a national pastime. I wonder if that was implanted. I'm just going to say it was implanted in our minds as a cookie on us in essence so that we will then tell them everything that we do. And then what's interesting is that they also use 
uh, a Willie Lynch tactic of when the elders say, you all, this is not the way that we should conduct ourselves. As a matter of fact, participating in this is an illusion. All this is an illusion. All this is a trap. Then the Willie Lynch tactic is, can't nobody tell, tell me nothing. That's exactly. The vision is yeah. commercials. The uh, proverbs is in songs. The dreams is movies that we watch. Everything is bounced back off of that. And, and, and what's really disturbing about the whole social media paradigm is that it's made, actually made people anti-social. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, you talk to a lot of young people and they, they're really alarmed when you when pe people actually call them as opposed to that. That's really bizarre. So that, that's where we got a lot of internal work to do uh, with, with, with the youth to really break down to them how this will impact the future. You know, right. how this will actually destroy and derail movements and, you know, organization and all of these things because people aren't even really dealing, used to dealing with one another in a, in a real interpersonal way in the first place. True. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Brother Yusuf, did you have anything to say about that? So I've been I've been on social media um, over ten years now, and it is it has been an animal that has you know, took, taken me to, on different levels that that I couldn't could never imagine. It's been good and bad, mm -hmm. and the good, good is again like us here, right? The ability to do what what what, what we're doing. I mean, it has been the ability to meet people. Um, I'm probably you're more closer with than folks in your own household that you mm -hmm. and Which whatnot. Is Which is true. And then, then, there, then there's the bad in the sense of we, we live in a capitalist society. We li we live in a society that is individual individuals driven. I I am one of those. I'm I'm no longer young. Um, I'm one of those persons that some days I remember vividly. You know, waking up first thing I did, you know, look at my phone. Before I went to bed, first thing I did, look at my phone. You know, what I mean, these things we live. We, we're we're socially conditioned that way, right? Because. Mm -hmm how this society is like capitalism is not just the economic system it, it is a human system that takes place you know like even how we like the things that i do um i'm like i'm not good on on talking about myself because I, I try to repractice how i want to talk about myself like like the work that i do I don't, I don't try to define myself well i'm the founder of this i'm i'm the director of that which is not a problem per se but i see those things also in conjunction with capitalism because what it does i have to emphasize myself over the people that i'm working with and which right. is we know that is anti-african and in right. the and in the system that we engage are anti-african but but nevertheless they, they, they are organizing too but it, but we need more spaces to be vulnerable with ourselves you no know, yes uh, that's true talk, about, talk about, about about these things i mean again you know being honest as as a man as a black man, right, that has a huge platform, you know, you get a hundred likes, you know, you got you got people all in your inbox, right? You know, all, all kind of shit that's going on. And you're like, damn, okay, this this nice, this sweet. <laughs> and we're just being very real with ourselves. And, oh, yeah. and then but it goes to your head. It can easily get you off off a of track. Well, and as long as you function as an individual, you're you're more subjected to being able to get off track. When you create an opportunity to be with other people, hey man, brother. What you doing? That's some bullshit. Oh, brother, you need to assist accountability. Me. That goes back to accountability, right? Right. 
No, I'm sorry. I just I didn't want to uh, cut you off, but that goes back to accountability. You know, we have to hold each other accountable. And I think that's important. Um, and, you know, and that goes back to reaching back out to the youth and reaching out to each other, you know, learning how to, like you said, Brother Montu, be around each other again. We have to be able to communicate with, with each other. We have to be able to connect with each other. And it, we don't always agree with everything. You know, everybody has different, as you said uh, earlier, Sister Mawusi, um, you know, people have different levels that they're on. We have to we have to stop being so quick to dismiss people and throw people away just because they don't think like we think at that time, you know. I grew up, you know, in Christianity, I, you know, I've, I, I, you know, uh, practice um, Islam, you know, I've, I've, I've studied every religion, I've studied everything. And it's just so interesting that, you know, you have people who are no longer in religion and then they'll dog people that's, that's Christians. Like you was just Christian two weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? We, we have to stop doing that. We have to stop dismissing each other so much and start to see, okay, where are we all at? Um, you know, where are we, where do we both all agree? You know, where do we all we're see eye to eye on and then start building from there and seeing, okay, I can use you with this, you know, sister Mawusi souls, you know, brother Montu, you know, he makes juices. Okay. He can help you get healthy. She can help you with, you know, a sister Ayo and sister Mawusi help, you know, their doulas and birth workers. You know, we all have stuff that we can do and help each other out. Brother Yusuf is, um, you know, a leader in his community, we all need, we all have different tools that we can use and we have to start going, starting there as opposed to how we're different. You know what I'm saying? And that's just where I'm at. So yeah, Sister Ayo, go ahead. Cause you know, I can just keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. There's this piece about our young people that, that just continues to, to ig at me. Um, my husband and I teach a, a workshop for black parents called Parenting Through White Supremacy. And mm -hmm. it's broken into two different parts, the internal work that we have to do and the external work that we have to do. The yes. internal work, one of, our, one of our tips is around dismantling the cycle of aggression towards black children. Our yes. children disconnect, emotionally disconnect from, from parents, from black parents from an early age sometimes based on the way that we parent. Now, yeah. the aggression against Black children is twofold. Sometimes it's coming from inside the household, and then when they're in the education system and other spaces out from the home, they have to experience it there as well. Yes, and yes. Trust. Ooh, Sister Ayo, you breaking up, and you saying some good stuff, too. Sister Ayo, it's hard for us to understand you. You're breaking up just a little bit. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Technical difficulties happen sometimes. We're going to give her a second. Um, so, um, yeah, so I, that's just where I'm at right now is that we have to start seeing where we are together um, as opposed to what we have that's, that's you know, that's tearing us apart. Um, so, okay. Um, so we all are parents. So I just had another question in regards to, um, you know, what you're teaching your children right now during these times. What What are you explaining to them about what's going on right now? And I know many of us are, have already been doing this work. We already, this is not like, we're just not starting it now, you know? And I know a lot of people are kind of like on this, I hate to say bandwagon, but I'll use that for lack of a better term. You know, they're on it now because of what's happening. You know, everything gets polarized and, you know, kind of blown up when the media 
helps with that. Um, and so many of us have already been doing this work. So what are you guys teaching your children in regards to right now? You know, because I see a lot of kids out with the, you know, hands up, don't shoot. I can't breathe and all this stuff, you know, and I and I saw one um group of, of protesters that were like on the ground. Did you guys see that on the ground? Like with the hands behind their back on the, you know, on the cement or something for like nine minutes. And to me, and I, and again, please do not misunderstand what I'm saying. Um, I, I love that anybody that wants to get involved and, um, you know, do things in regards to helping this movement. Uh, but, you know, I don't want, I don't want to see my kids on no ground you know, pretending and, and re- like, you know, acting it out, in my opinion, you know, you're acting out your death or somebody killing you, you know, so I just, I, I don't know, I, it just doesn't sit well with me. Um, what do you guys think about that? That was just hard for me to watch. <laughs> I don't, I also don't like the I can't breathe. I don't even like to say it. Yeah. Um, because I don't want that. Remind you, we're very visual people. When that's why they keep showing us the images over and over and over and over again. It's because they know that we imprint. We it's, imprint. it's psychological warfare. Yes, psychological. Be, be, we hit on many levels. Well, one thing that I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, no, you. But, uh, you know, one thing that's very disturbing about this whole uh, George Floyd thing, I understand the psychology is different when you watch some person suffocated like that. We become desensitized to people just being shot, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. It wouldn't have been as big of a thing is that they showing this long video. Since when did we get a police clip that's like 15 minutes long? Right. And so this is like psychological terror to show this over and over again. And it's imprinted on uh, unborn children yes. whose mothers are looking at this stuff right now. Right. 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 So, you, know, you, you know, with the whole thing with our youth is the old adage, if you if you don't, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That's that's what, what our youth should come up with the understanding of now, because these are all extensions of an ongoing problem. Exactly. Right. Right. No, I agree. That's what we've been teaching our children. We prepared our children from when they were young. To be to know that this day will come was coming, and they're tripping because they actually seeing. I know, right? It's like you know we've been talking about this for years. Yes, yes. it's like here it actually is. We actually we want even life of, of of being health conscious before yes. the pandemic strikes the world. Right. You know what I mean? Because here, look right. what they strike with. Psychological warfare, biological warfare, and physiological warfare. So this yeah. is why people are done. We are done. Like, no more politically correct concepts. No right. more. We don't want people interested in hearing anything from white people or for them to organize for us or to be a shield for us even in the thing. We don't need them to do that. We need them to keep their attitudes at check. We need them to keep their police officers up off of our neck. We need for them to get out if they are uh, racially profiling us in the grocery store for them to check themselves. We need for them to you know, do something. There's something other than you can do than to join our forums or be involved in our groups or even lead our marches. I'm sorry, I'm just going out. So that's what we're teaching our children. That's, that's why I want people to be honest, which we feel because people are feeling this across the nation, across the world we're seeing. And we need to be honest with what we feel and, um, you know, go from there. So, uh, Sister Ayo, did you have something else? I know you had a little bit of um, a breakup earlier, but I want to hear what you have to say. 
I apologize. My husband teaches, so he's teaching online next door. So I think it's our internet connection. It's just oh no, don't apologize. It happens. Um, no, it's okay. Our, I would just say that um, our, we, we, we really need to talk to our children from a, a young age, from a very um, uh, age appropriate perspective to support their understanding in what's happening. That piece around not, um, you, you shouldn't have to get ready. You need to stay ready. Like my team, I, I told that to my team this morning after we had been out all night patrolling the community. Like we we cannot ever be in a position where we're trying. If you're trying to get ready in the middle of when some stuff is going down, right. down right. hang it up, hang it up, and, hang it up. So, so I have a, a six-year-old at home. I have a nine-year-old at home. They have seen the devastation across the community. The spaces that they, that they know that they normally see are burnt down is very traumatizing. For our children, we have to have developmentally appropriate conversations with our children from an early age about who they are, about the power that exists. That's, that's where I'm at. The responsibility that they have to their family and their community. Right. And responsibility that they have to. Mm -mm. Right, because in what she said, I mean, in my opinion, uh, Sister Ayo, are you back? Okay, um, you know, you to me, if you build something up, somebody else can't tear it down. That's where I'm at with it. You know, we have to build up our children. Um, you know, brother Yusuf, did you have anything to add to that? Uh no, they, they said everything. Okay, okay, okay. No, sister, I, you're you're okay. Yeah, I, I agree with everybody. Um, what you guys said, you know, and I know, um, Gina, she just commented and said that we need to do our own internal work and that's it you know and as, and i think she was saying that in response to you sister mawusi in regards to when you said what you need from you know white people you know um for us to do our work and then they do what they need to do but we need to start working within we need to, we need to start doing that um and that's i think that's where it goes back to some accountability and us not just putting it on everybody else it's some work that we have to do and first is building you know self that's one thing that we have to do is build self um so in the, I just want to touch on this because health is really important to me. Um, and I want this to be something that we talk about, too, you know, in regards to um, being healthy people, you know, and not just physically, you know, healthy emotionally, mentally, um, you know, and physically, of course. But we have to be some healthy people because, I mean, I don't know if y'all ever been in a fight, but... <laughs> You know, if you're trying to fight and you can't hardly breathe or, you know, you you might as well just lay down, you know. So my point is, is that this is a fight right now. This is a war and this is um, it is and it's deeper than black and white. This is so much deeper than that. And we have to be better in regards to our mental, you know, meditation. And, you know, as you um, brother, my too, you know, you make the juices and, and you know, uh, fresh eating, you know, clean eating. We have to get better, you know, train, train ourselves to be able to withstand this, you know, because right now a lot of us. We just chilling and this is getting real and, and this and the whole world is about to change. I mean, this is changing before our very eyes and we have to really be real about that and really be able to put it in the work. What do you guys think about that um, in regard to, you know, being healthier to be able to really do this work, you know? Uh, the, the first thing that comes to mind with that is uh, we, 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 as a mature adults, we have to see what's obvious and then deal with what's obvious. And right. that's one of the things that even with this so-called pandemic, there is so much more 
occurrence is even in our communities of heart disease, diabetes, and all of these things, which they brought out during this pandemic as a, as a, a precursor to making you uh, more susceptible. So right. the, these are decades long issues that have to be resolved and we need to, to seriously get to work. Now, one of the problems that I saw is during the whole pandemic, there was a shortage of toilet paper. There was a shortage of alcohol and all of these things. Fresh fruits and vegetables were there because people were not buying them. Right. right. Not a lot of us were buying them. And mm -hmm. when fast food restaurants were Have full every single- That's why I said that number two, that number two was still getting ordered. <laughs> that's, a big, that's a huge part of our problem right there. Right. It not only deals with our health, it, 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 it bleeds over into our mental health because for one, we must be insane. If we go to these people to directly feed us, Come on. that we say are the ones that are killing us. Exactly. Right, right. Do right. we also understand that George Floyd, who was not the only one who was br brutally murdered in these last couple months. So right. I'm sure that we do not forget them. But George Floyd, they tried to undermine his what happened to him by saying he had heart disease, high blood pressure already. Right. They tried to undermine him by saying that. Undermine the tra tragedy of the suffocation by right. saying, oh, I have blood pressure already. No, that's not okay. That's right. not okay. Right. We're in a fight. We at least have done the best we could on our own responsibility that then it's fully on someone else. Right. No one else how to scapegoat me and my health for that. And, and, and that, that ties into the whole thing of, again, I think I said it before, but we'll, just to repeat, teaching your children this from day one. Yes, right. You know, because this is, that, that we're, this is the only thing we actually only own exactly. all throughout our life is our bodies. Yes. Right. It's the only thing that you always own. Yes. And so this is what, what has to be given top priority. Like 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 uh, Brother Yusuf and uh, the sister Ayo said, we're trying to live longer. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and to, to tie it into spirituality even as it changes cycles, we're going to a cycle, a life cycle rather than a death-oriented cycle. Right? Exactly. So our spirituality, our everything, how we consume, everything should be towards life and not death. Right. And we're trying to live longer and well while we're living longer. You know, yeah, I mean, because I've seen people, you know, 90 years old that suffer all the way up till, you know, we want to live well while we're living, you know, and be productive and, um, you know, be purposeful. So that's really important. Brother Yusuf had to, had to leave. Um, he does a lot of stuff in the community. So he had to um leave so um thank you brother yusuf for being on we appreciate that um but yeah we we do we have to be more mindful and you know and and of course ideally we would love for people to teach it um to their children from day one right but for those who have not start now start teaching now start living like that now you can make changes you know and um start taking i guess i just for me i just want people to take back 
you know, as you said, you know, our bodies are the only thing that we own that we have power over. Take it back. I, I just feel like we've given up so much of ourselves and so much of our power um, and given other people more power and authority over us. And they deserve and what they earned and what they are worthy of. You know, we have to take that back. And a lot of it starts with our language, you know, and how we talk to each other and to ourselves. You know how we talked about earlier about starting within how we talk to ourselves how we talk to our children, community workers, how we talk to each other. That's the first thing. And of course, you know, our bodies as well, but everything that goes on up here and what we, what comes out is life or death. That's, and I believe that what we speak is life or death. Sister Ayo, you see like, see like you want to have something to say? Cause I get real yes, when it comes I, to like having power with yourself. I get real excited yes, about that. I'm telling you, no, this, this is so deep and this conversation is so necessary. Humanity is an extension of nature. We are yes. not different. Yes. We, we have um, Black folks in particular have become so disconnected from nature. My grandmother, she's going to be 80 this year. She was a sharecropper in North Carolina. My mama was mm. born in North Carolina. And my, and my grandma talks about how she loves to eat kale. But she will only eat. Now, this is this superfood that just came on the scene not too long ago. But my grandma, <laughs> right. as a child, grew right. kale on a plantation in North Carolina. And she talks about how she only eats it in the wintertime because after the frost would come, because, you know, kale could survive a frost. Right. After the frost would come, the grubs and stuff, the, the, um, the bugs and things that would be on the kale were gone. And she hated the bugs that were on the kale. So to this day, as an 80-year-old woman, she only eats kale in the wintertime. Because hmm. in her mind, those bugs that are on there are still gone. So, like, that's, that's trauma from having to work the land for somebody else. And right. So this connection that has happened between us and nature and the earth and growing our own food, it begins somewhere and we have to start bridging and making reconnections to this space. The earth, the whole earth was created to bring forth fruit for us to be able to survive and thrive. And this is yes. So I'm like, yo, we grow food here in my house. So I'm like, y'all, these buildings that burn down, plant some gardens, build yes. some farms. Like we can yes. sustain and build and take care of our own. We don't need no more corporations coming in here. We do have what we need to survive and thrive. We do not have to exist and think we're living off of McDonald's and living off of this fast food. We have the earth that will provide for us if we just sow the things that we need to sow. We have yes. True. Yes. The earth, our minds, all of that. We're really in a place where really building culture Living culture, actually doing the work means growing your own food, means educating your own children, means uh, being building systems of health and maintain, maintaining healing in your own home, being self-employment. It's like those are the things that we now have to cultivate and develop in our, in, in our homes to uh, the whole thing of showing that we're doing the work. This right. is the work that needs to be done with Io and her husband and, and me and my husband, you and your husband like we're all doing family system work you right. know like that's really now, this is where the frontier is it's in polarizing ourselves around our families and yes. creating these might these nucleus microcosms that then attract other microcosms yes. doing the same thing and that's the spiritual level too that's yes. on the spiritual level too you yes. know so if like, you if you want to see it is a new thing although it really isn't it, right. you know uh, see that is a new thing. See that's the new black. See that is the, the new, new way. You know, uh, the new black family it, magic. It, 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 because <laughs> when, when we're winning is when we can let the trends be something that's 
actually serves us, not something right. that yeah, and the right. fact we go ahead and fall because yeah. they are not prescribing to the trends of clothing and things like this when we can make our own clothing. We're yes. not prescribing and standing in line when the new chicken sandwich comes out because we already yeah. have what we need growing in the backyard. Yeah, We're fighting though, yes. Going with the whole uh, vaccination and Tuskegee, you know, experiment thing because yes. we already are dealing with our own health. We've yeah. already yes. dealt with our immune yeah. system. We are. Right. We're doing that on our own and we're not succumbing to psychological warfare because we do critical thinking in our homes and we talk to each other about this way and measure things in order to know what's truth and what's not. Yeah. And, and on top of that and finding your voice, I think, I mean, that's so important. We need to find our voice again and stop giving up our power and already, and you know, we talked about earlier subconsciously, we have given up so much because we believe the hype and it's like, you know, a lot of times people fear you more than they, you know, we fear them, but they fear us. You know, it's this, it's this weird dynamic and we've given up power. So, of course, I can talk about this all day. I have to end this shortly. Um, but I want you guys each to just kind of give me something you want to leave with, with with the people, you know, kind of some some last words, so to speak, um, in regards to what's going on right now of encouragement. You know, Sister Io, you can go first. Please. Yes. Um, I would say uh, again to quote Brother Resma Minikin, author of My Grandmother's Hands. He says, "Black people, we are not defective. Yes. We are not defective. We have enough, and we are what we need." Yes, more more than enough, right? Because Sister Io, you you were in the midst of, you know, for people that didn't see this earlier, you are in the midst of Minneapolis and everything that's going on and, and you know, actual white supremacist groups, uh, so to speak, coming up and down your streets and trying to scare you all and scare some, I'm sure. Some people oh, probably were. Yeah, and, and people setting fires. An and, movie. <laughs> What's happening well, right now is like action movie. This is this is like a movie. It's like is this the is this the finale? <laughs> is this the finale of the movie? What's going on? You know, it's a lot going on. So yeah, so you you've really been in the heart of some things. So thank you so much um, for what you had to say, uh, Sister Mawusi. Uh, what would you like to leave us with? African self preservation is our birthright. Our is our life's calling. Is our purpose. And we, we should be preserving ourselves at our own selves and choosing to do it our own self. Self-preservation is the key. Yes, yes. Brother Montu? Um, I, you, you know, those are my, my sentiments as well. And stick together as families. Yes. For all of us who are fortunate enough to have family, stick together. Uh, for all those that have extended family, you know, uh, community building, like I said before, from the inside out. Yeah. That's, that yeah. was our concept, to, to do it from the inside out. And, and it's a lot more genuine and a, and a lot more, uh, the bonds uh, go a lot deeper. Yes, yes, I agree. I, and, and I would just like to say, you know, again, as I said a few times, it's just so important uh, to me that we have to meet each other where we're at. You know, we can't throw each other away so so easily. We have to see what we have in common and build from there um, and educate. You know, sometimes people just really don't know they don't know. You know, so we have to to help educate and not just be so dismissive um, and just show a little love because people, you know, some people handle trauma, um, fear anger, rage differently. You know, they don't know how to, they've never been taught. You know, I think about, you know, 
I'm going to say this real quickly. You know, I just think about growing up, you know, not just with myself, but just period. You know, when, when, when your parents get really upset, they will whoop you. Right? That was the, that was the reaction with some type of physical physical response when they when they had enough. When you know they were they were overwhelmed with adulthood, you know, or they were upset with you, you would get hit, right? So wow. I, a lot of times we have been taught how to respond to our emotions, and I think that when we start to look uh, sit back and just say, okay, I need to check this emotion. I need to sit with this emotion for a second think for a minute, use my voice, use my mind, use my heart, my spirit, soul, all of that, and then bring all that together and then come back with a response, you know, but if we're never taught that, if you don't learn that, if people don't show you that, you know, you don't know. So we have to start educating each other on how to even deal with trauma and how to deal with anger um, and disappointment. Sometimes people really still believe in democracy. They still believe in the system. They still believe in stuff, uh, you know, and, and that's a whole nother conversation. But when they believe in it and it lets them down, then they have a, a bit of disappointment. So anyway, back to what I'm saying, just use our voice, um, you know, going back to eating right, um, getting our minds right, meditating, collecting together um it's so important right now so i really uh appreciate you guys for taking the time to come on uh, we kind of put this together um quickly because i thought it was really important for us to come together yeah well be an example and show how we're all from all over you know and we come together and, and build and this is important so i love you all i really do i really appreciate you for being here i really do and um mr Ido, we're, we're sending out you know prayers light love for you and your community because i mean i can't even imagine right now you know what you guys are going through i know you've been saying you know right now it's happening right now and i can't even imagine that so you know it's been a healing platform. So. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Thank you. Oh no, I'm thankful. I'm thankful as well for this space to be able to have this conversation. So I love you all. I wish you all um, a great evening. You know, just keep building in y'all communities. I see you, and I'm here, and y'all know I will give or do or help in any way I can because it's so important right now. So again, I love you guys, and just keep keep doing you. Many blessings. Thank, Thank you for having us on. We really appreciate it. Oh yeah, no, I love y'all. Y'all, y'all speaking out there, and I, I just appreciate it um, in so many ways. So, all right, y'all, y'all continue on building, continue on doing what you do, and you guys have a great evening. Many blessings to you too. Well, um, that ends this conversation with the Breaking Bread Village, um, our special edition, um, speaking to some community uh, leaders um, and just kind of getting their their um, take on what's, what's happening right now. We want to thank each one of them. Um, as I said earlier, Brother Yusuf had to leave. Um, he had another commitment to go to, so we appreciate him also for um, taking his time, and I appreciate you guys for watching. Um, it's, it's been great. Thank you so much. Bye.